If they're unwilling to establish what would be in the best public interest, we're not going to let the events go uninvestigated. And so there are other alternatives. They are not as ideal as a bipartisan commission, so we're going to make every effort to get that done. But we are going to insist on getting answers one way or the other. Sean Rima, 9 till 11, News Talk 550, KTSA, and FM 1071. That was Billie Eilish uh, talking to her band about uh, possible set lists uh, for uh, uh, for the ACL. I'm kidding. That was Adam Schiff. News Talk 550, KTSA, FM 1071. Chris, that's about the uh, January 6th insurrection, I believe, right? Is that what he's uh, talking about investigating? Oh, God. Adam Schiff is a talking hemorrhoid. He really is. And I, I, I just said that. That's right. He is a talking hemorrhoid. He's a lizard. He's a reptile. Uh, Nancy Pelosi's another reptile. Uh, I got a reptilian story about her a little later on. It is the Sean Show, and I am Sean, and the phone lines are open. 210-599-5555. Uh, uh, you heard Don Morgan reporting on, uh, it, well, this is uh, kind of a big deal, uh, given the pandemic, uh, uh, that uh, Austin city limits, which is really the only cool thing out of Austin at this point. <laughs> you know, the only cool thing about Austin anymore is Austin city limits. And uh, uh, it's going to be, I think, Don, October 3rd to the 5th, I believe. And uh, so they announced uh, you know, the folks who are going to be performing. It's going to be over and, two weekends. Over two weekends. Right. Okay. October 1st through the 3rd. Oh, okay. And then the 8th through the 10th. I'm, I'm, it's Friday, man. I, 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 my facts are going to be a little foggy today, just right. so everybody knows. That's right. why I refer to Don Morgan. George Strait, which I hope I didn't just lose half my audience uh, last hour when I said I wasn't that into George Strait. Is that I should never say, you know, I, I, I'm not into, like, you know, el- editing myself on the air. Right. But saying you're really not into George Strait in San Antonio is probably not a good idea. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, if it helps at all, you know, he's probably not that big a fan of yours. Probably that's, not. That's true, right. That boy's got a profane mouth on him. He really does. I'm tuning out. Communist, uh, so you know George Strait's going to be there. Uh, I don't even know who most of these. The baby, I don't even know who the hell that is. Uh, icky, icky, Badu, I don't know who the hell that is. <laughs> Erica Badu. <laughs> oh, she's been around for a while. R and B singer. Has she? Well, yeah. she spells her name wrong. Uh, let's see. Miley Cyrus uh, will be there, and, and she's kind of dirty. And then uh, let's see, Billy. I just. Man, I'm not a huge George Strait fan, but please, dear God, let there be some separation between Billie Eilish and George Strait taking the stage. You don't want, you don't want King George to get any Billie Eilish on him. <laughs> I don't, because she looks like she leaves like a film or something, you know, behind her. She just, she's, she looks, she's one of those young people that just looks gross to me. You know what I mean? Like she just looks like she. I don't know, smells bad or something. I I don't know how to put it. Like, like, you know, she's so sullen and depressed and angry. Mm-hmm. Bathing probably upsets her, you know, for some reason. You know, I, if, I, if I go a couple of days without a shower, it's just because I'm lazy. She looks like she actually has some sort of animus so towards, you know, bathing. She makes odor visible? She make, You can actually see, you almost can see it, like an aura around her, an aura of stink. You know, it's just, I don't, I don't want George. I have too much, I, I'm not a fan of his music, but I have too much respect for George Strait to have to smell that, you know, and come up on stage and try to sing his songs. I, I just, let there be a little separation. In fact, keep her and Miley fairly close. That's what I would do. If I'm doing ACL, I've got Miley Cyrus and Billy Irish kind of close Irish. in performance Irish. times. So we can hustle them both off stage before they leave right. something behind that nobody wants to catch. So perhaps right? if you were to arrange the lineup, here's what I envision you doing. You've got George Strait headlining the whole thing. Right. right? Now, you don't want Billie Eilish anywhere near George Strait. No. Right? Because you don't want her to, to sully his reputation. <laughs> and, and you go, you know, and this, you know, you go on about how depressing and dirty she is, and you're like a huge Nirvana fan. Go figure. Yeah, that, but, but, but it's, it's different, man. It's the really music was not. better. It is. It's so much different. It was it, it's, it was Nirvana. They were so much better. They told you what they smelled like. Right. They told they smelled like Teen Spirit. Okay. <laughs> Listening to Billie Eilish, I, I just want to get a cup, fill it up with some Drano and a straw, and suck it down, man. Yeah, you know, I, I, mean, she's just, I like her new song. Oh, well, you do, huh? Yeah. Well, I like it a lot. Right. You're probably a communist. Yeah, probably. I'm, 
and Miley. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just so. I'm so sick of Miley's ongoing obsession with trying to make you forget she was ever on the Disney Channel by just being gross. You know what I mean? She just, needs to, she just needs to embrace her past and be thankful that it was there. Yeah, because nobody would give a crap about who you are now, Miley, if it weren't for the fact you did that stupid Disney show with your old man. Right. Which my daughter watched relentlessly. So, you know what? I watched yeah. it with my daughter, and yeah. I actually liked it. I thought it was a funny little show. I thought she was great in that show. She was. But then she got but then she when she got away from that, that's when she started to had to prove that, you know, she's a bad girl and she's crazy and she's to cut loose. and she smells bad and you right. know and she twerks with, you know, uh, clowns and stuff and you know It was I mean, actually uh, Robin Thick, but close enough. Just close enough. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got George Strait, Billy Eilish, right. Miley Cyrus. So uh, here's the lineup that I, I, I envision you putting together. You start with George Strait. All right? Get him out of the way ahead of time right. yeah, before he gets any of the hippie on him. Yeah. Then you got to put Stevie Nicks in there because yes. she can be the go-between. <laughs> yes. You know, the classy George Strait. And then, you know, Stevie Nicks quite classy herself. But, you know, she's not she's not afraid to get down and get dirty with the rest of them. No, she's you not. Know? So you put, yeah, you get know, Stevie in there. And Miley and, uh, and Billy in there after her. Just have Miley and Billy, or Miley and, and Billy Eilish go on at the same time. All right. We need to change George's name to Georgie, so it would be Georgie, Miley, Billy. <laughs> That's how he identifies, Chris. <laughs> You're so transphobic. If George woke up and wanted to be Georgia, okay, that would be his choice. Okay? <laughs> You're so phobic. Um, 210 <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be the story of the century, right? George, George Strait starts identifying as a chick. You know, um, I, I, I have just lost the other half of the audience. Right. What? I have a friend. <laughs> I have a friend from Houston, and I worked with him years ago. Uh, right. We worked at a country station together, and this was back in the late '80s. So, who was a bigger star than George Strait at the time? Right. He's still huge, but at the time, oh, yeah. he was putting out every every you know few months there'd be a new George Strait single released, and it's like, well, right. it just goes in automatically. It's going to be huge. But this guy I worked with, his name was Jim. And one day, I don't remember, I, I think George Strait, he just put out a song called Baby Blue, which is a beautiful, beautiful ballad. Right. And we're sitting there and we're listening to it, and he leans over and he says, you know, Don, I'd turn gay for George Strait. <laughs> I think he was expecting some look of shock from me or something, but of course... <laughs> <laughs> me being me, my first response was, well, if you decide to do that, let me know, because your wife is really hot. So, <laughs> oh, man. Aren't radio people dirty in general? We're bunch, just dirty people ourselves, aren't we? It's awful. We are. We yeah. never matured beyond the age of 21, and we say awful things to each other. Well, as far as I know, he's still with his wife, so he probably never crossed paths with George Strait. But a few years back, <laughs> when, when they did the Hurricane Harvey benefit concert down at the Majestic, right. we went down for the press conference, and, and George Strait's there. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I've got this picture of me, and, and I kind of took a selfie of me, and George Strait's like not with me but he's kind of standing right. next to me and i take this picture and i send it to my buddy <laughs> how you feeling yeah. now you still how you feel feeling like now uh, right now you know i'd be gay for a day with so you, i, a I sent him the picture with the caption guess who's turning gay now <laughs> <laughs> oh man i hope george isn't out there listening he just you know yeah. spit up his tequila uh two one zero five nine hey it's a good looking dude I know, I know. It's yeah. just, it, have we all, I, I wonder if we, like every dude has kind of had that thought at least once, you know what I mean? Just once, like. He sees another guy, he's like, man. You're like, yeah, you know, it's if I was gay, right. what the hell am I saying? Two one zero five nine nine. There's nothing wrong with that, Don. No, not at all. Don't be phobic. Don't, because, be, you know, don't be a hater. Because I'll tell you exactly what was going through my head as I was standing next to George Strait. And I still looked at him and, and uh, looked, see myself, the first thing I thought was, man, I'm ugly. <laughs> this guy, this guy he know. does, man. He's got that smile, that big toothy you know, smile. He's it got just the perfectly pressed pants and shirt yeah. and the hat, and he's got the handsome face. Yeah. I, and all of a sudden, I don't like him anymore. <laughs> Could you stop smiling, man? It's bugging me. Two one zero five nine nine. Stop 55. being so handsome, God. If you could be, hey guys, call us up. If you could be gay for a day, would you go for George? Two one zero five nine nine five fifty five. 
Why can't a horse kick him in the face or something? <laughs> yeah, no, right? Give, <laughs> give the rest of us a chance. Right. You're so stinking good-looking, George. We hate you. Uh, 21059. Because look at me, man. Look at me. No, don't. 210-599-5555 will depress you. Uh, it's Sean on News Talk 550 KTSA. San Antonio's news, traffic, and weather station. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. And we're back. News Talk 550 KTSA, FM 1071. I'm Sean. The return of Kinky Friedman coming up at 10.05. Has been on the air uh, uh, with us for a while. In fact, I haven't actually seen Kinky. This is the longest I've gone without seeing Kinky since I've known him uh, because of this pandemic crap. So now that things are loosening up and I'm totally vaccinated, I'm going to be heading up to the Hill Country on Sunday. But we'll be talking to Kinky. He's got some really cool stuff going on right now. He's writing some new songs. Uh, he's got uh, a camp. He's opening up the camp. Uh, again, uh, he and his sister, and actually working with Dennis Quaid to uh, open up this camp for the kids of Gold Star families, and they also are going to do a special camp for the kids of first responders. So that's what he's been working on. So we'll get the latest from the Kingster coming up at 10.05. Phone lines are open, 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555. Hell of a way to start the show, man. Dudes, if you were gay, would you uh, want to hook up with George Strait? But that's how we do things here on the Sean Show. And, uh, you know, Trey and I were talking about uh, Chris Rock and some of the things that he was saying about the cancel culture, which I absolutely agree with, uh, because, I, you know, I, one thing I'm going to tell you, and I said it, said it earlier, and I'll say it again, there is nothing, there is nothing I would ever say on the radio that I would, have to apologize for or that i would feel the need to apologize for not that you may not hear something you may think i need to apologize for uh i hope you do but i wouldn't do it <laughs> I, I i just man i the, the more cancelly our culture becomes the more cancelable i become does that make sense because it just makes me want to be more offensive it makes me want it, it's setting me in the opposite direction because I hate this cancel crap. I do. This is woke stuff. And Chris Rock is talking about that. And uh, I saw the article uh, uh, from Breitbart, but it's uh, he was on something called The Breakfast Club. And he's talking about the cancel culture. And he, he said, you know, it's, it's a really hard place to be as a comedian. Uh, because, you know, if uh, he basically kind of repeated the same idea that, you know, it gets too safe, and nobody tries his words. Nobody tries anything. Things get boring. He says we already have uh, a a metric, if you will, for what's a good or a bad joke. He says that's the audience. If I if I tell a joke or I do something I think is going to be funny, and they just look at me and there's silence, well, I know not to do that one anymore. <laughs> but he says that people are afraid to even go in that direction. And so stuff's getting boring. And he's absolutely right. What did I say? I, I was talking about this earlier in the week that, you know, on the weekends, because I, I don't really watch a lot of TV during the week because my schedule is, is, is so weird. You know, I go to bed real you know early and uh, before anything really comes on. I, I watch mostly the news, honestly, during the week. Don't really watch a whole lot of stuff for, for, for enjoyment. And so when the weekends roll around, man, I want, old Sean wants to watch some damn TV. I like staying my ass up late and watching TV. But the problem I'm having is there's, it's all crap, man. There's nothing to watch. And Chris Rock kind of says that. He says, uh, he has witnessed as a result of the cancel culture, anybody, everybody being safe, nobody trying anything. It's interesting. As a result, he has witnessed many unfunny comedians, unfunny TV shows, unfunny award shows, and unfunny movies because everybody's scared to make a movie or take any chances. And I hate that crap. I, I, the, I, the fact that in America we're, this is going on. And Adam Carolla, who is another uh, one of my heroes uh, in broadcasting from his old Love Lines days, uh, you know, he, he, he said it uh, on Tucker Carlson uh, a few weeks ago. He said, when comedians start shutting up, when, when, when you get to the comedians and when you start scaring comedians, and, and he was talking about the idea, which apparently is true, 
that if you get canceled as a professional comedian or the woke crowd uh, decides that's it for you, all your bookings dry up. You, you, you suddenly have no gigs. He says he witnesses, he sees, sees this going on with his comedian friends, you know, in, out, out in L.A. on a regular basis. All the gigs just go away. Uh, and Adam Carolla said that once you finally get to the comedians and you scare the comedians into silence, it's over. Because the comedians, and I believe this absolutely, the comedians, uh, if you will, are the last line of defense against this woke stuff. Comedians need to be edgy. Comedians need to be able to go over the edge. Richard Pryor was a guy who lived on the other side of the edge in his comedy. Uh, George Carlin, another one, another one of my favorites, who, who lived on that other side of the line, saying things that on occasion may sound extremely offensive, but it's only because they're extremely true. Uh, comedians have the ability, at least they used to have the ability, to really hold up a mirror to who we are as people and, and, you know, make us laugh at the same time. Well, they're not doing that anymore because you've got to be apparently really, really careful about what you say. So I think Adam Carolla's nightmare is already here. And that's what Chris Rock is talking about. Everything's getting boring. He's right. It sucks. But not me, man. Uh, 210-599. I'm going to be just my old offensive self on a regular basis if if, if you don't mind. 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555, it's Sean, we'll be right back on News Talk 550 KTSA. And we're back, News Talk 550 KTSA, FM 1071. Uh, Sean. Phone lines are open, 210-599-5555, this is interesting, sad but interesting. And it kind of, it ties, this story ties into a, a conversation I had yesterday. Uh, the Cultural Research Center at Arizona Christian University uh, does, uh, every year they do the what they call the American Worldview Inventory. Uh, it's a survey that looks at folks who are 18 years of age and older to kind of find out, you know, where they are on, on certain things, like faith, like, you know, uh, what, what their what brings them happiness and stuff like that. And uh, this year, they found that 50, well, 50, 57% of millennials were folks. We forget this. Yeah, I think millennial gets kind of, you know, foggy. We think all young people are millennials. But millennials are folks who were born between 1984 and 2002. Uh, they found that while 57% of millennials consider themselves to be Christian, 43% don't know, care, or believe that God exists. Uh, my generation, uh, Generation X, about 70%. Baby Boomers, 79%. And uh, when you talk about the great gener- the greatest generation, uh, the World War II generation, uh, generation of the Depression, uh, it was more like 83%. Um, they also found that only 48% of millennials say one should treat others as you want them to treat you. Thirty-eight percent of millennials agree with the statement: "You try to get even with people who have wronged you." <laughs> that's a healthy way to live. Uh, and they base uh, happiness on uh, things like uh, uh, eco- e- economic success, you know, and uh, they define success in life as happiness personal freedom, or, now get this, productivity without oppression. In other words, they want stuff and they want to do stuff, they just don't want to work too hard at it. <laughs> That's how I take that. Um, wow, you know, I mean, how do we get here? Um, well, it is sad, and it's, you know, and, and you and I grew up in a much different world. And, you know, I, I grew up in the church. You know, my mom, uh, my dad and mom were Lutherans. And uh, we, we did move around a lot when I was a little kid, but my mother always made sure that we went to a church every Sunday. I'd go with my mom, and, uh, and and sometimes my dad would go, and I would go to Sunday school. I grew up going to Sunday school, settled down in Cape St. Clair, Maryland, and went to a Methodist church. Uh, was actually confirmed a Methodist 
for many years uh, uh, and went to the youth group. We called it MYF and uh, uh, participated in a lot of stuff uh, with, with the church. And it was, I grew up in an era, and you did too, where the church, your church family was your extended family. I, I, I know people to this day, I've known them for 40 years, who are, who are, you know, still close, close, uh, friends of mine that I knew through church. Kids I grew up with, or, uh, kids I was in the, the youth group with, you know, we're all still friends. We all know each other still. I still, I still talk to my pastor. Uh, from he's re- long since retired, but I still talk to my pastor from that time. Pastor Don Madney was a good man. And, you know, at one point I, I was going to be a Methodist minister. That was kind of my, my first the first thought of what I was going to do with my life. Um, it's, just, it's, it's always been a part of my life. A, a, not only a, a faith, uh, and my faith has gotten me through some pretty bouncy times, uh, dicey times in my life. But also, I've always had just a general curiosity about religion and about spiritual things. And I, I do encounter, a, you know, more and more young people, because I think this gets worse with every generation. It's obviously, if you look at the curve, it's what's going on. The younger you go, the less interest they have in church or, or believing in God at all. And I do. I, I encounter a lot of kids, uh, younger people, who, who just, they, I'm talking to folks in their 20s, who just have, it doesn't make any sense to them. It just really doesn't even make any sense to them, uh, and I, th- I think that's a loss. And and I, I've wrestled with the idea over the years, over recent, uh, over the recent past few years, as to how do you get them back in? How do you how do you bring them back in? Because I think the problem is that the general perception of Christianity in this country is is that it's very judgmental. It's it's hypocritical. It's no fun at all. It's stodgy, uh, and the church actually has uh, has tried to uh, compensate for that uh, by bringing rock bands in, you know, and having younger and younger preachers and guys coming out in blue jeans and stuff. I, I went to a church like that, a charismatic church, for a wee bit uh, in Colorado, and you know, trying to hip it up a little. And I don't think that really works. I think what 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 is needed. Uh, to talk to young people about faith. And this is what I try to do. And I had this very conversation yesterday while getting my hair cut, of all places. That you, you, have to des- you have to describe your own faith in a way that is relatable to life in the year 2021. I think as Christians, we a lot of, many times get stuck in the first century. And we get stuck in the first century talking in first century terms. Uh, and it's, 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 it's archaic. It's weird to young people. They don't know what relevancy that has to their lives today. And so what I always try to do is boil it down to its, its, its essence and describe what it is for me. And I had a conversation like that yesterday. I was getting my hair cut. I got the, the same guy has been cutting my hair for eight years <laughs> in my neighborhood. And he remember I would go in like once a year, but he remembers me every time I go in. And we always have a, a really cool conversation. And we were talking about church, and we were talking about uh, faith. And he grew up in a very, he told me, in a very evangelical, uh, charismatic uh, 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 household. And it was very difficult for him because he couldn't relate it to his his life. Uh, and, uh, and so we started talking, and I said, well, you know, the, the essence, and this is my faith, that the essence of my Christian faith is the very basic life that Jesus prescribed and modeled, which is, like I say every day, spread the love and don't be a jerk, man. Treat each other well. Treat people the way you want to be treated. At the heart of it, and, and I get pushback from Christians on this sometimes, which I never understand. That really it's about loving your neighbor, loving and forgiving your enemy. You know, not holding a grudge, not being a spiteful, hateful, hateful person. Treat people well. Do nice stuff for people. Take your relationships seriously. You know, be giving, be merciful. You know, just boil it down to that. Spread the love and don't be a jerk. And you'll be fine. And sometimes I'm able to get through that way. And I think you can, you can, 
create a curiosity in young people about that idea of it. But if you're talking in only archaic first century terms, they it it it, it doesn't relate to them in any way, shape, or form because they've never. Many of them have not grown up in the church. They don't even have that foundation that the guy cutting my hair had. Because he agreed with me. Yeah, that's what he said. That's what I always thought. So, you know, it's sad, but uh, uh, this is also our culture. Uh, our culture is taking us in the exact opposite direction of a faith journey or a curiosity in religion and, and thinking about God and spiritual things. The, the culture is heading in the other direction, which is, you deserve this. It's all about you, man. You deserve it. You want it now. Uh, you, you want whatever you want as easily as you can get it, and you want it now, and that is anathema to a Christian life. It, it really is the opposite side of the coin. It's the exact opposite. So, unfortunately, I think that this is something that's just going to get worse. I think these numbers are going to get going to increase with each generation, and it's sad because there are a lot of young people who live uh, in the church and who have grown up in the church. Uh, but again culturally we're we're going in the exact opposite direction because it's all about you man and what you deserve i think that is one of my least favorite words that word is all over the place these days if you've noticed you deserve this no here's the dealio you don't deserve anything 210-599-5555 second break it's sean on news talk 550 ktsa Hi, this is Trey Ware. Stay connected with News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071 on Facebook, Twitter, and online at KTSA.com. And we're back. News Talk 550 KTSA, FM 1071. We was talking about young people not believing in God. Millennials, the numbers are down. And uh, I'm sure once you get to, is it Generation Z? Is that the next bunch of weirdos? I think the numbers are probably going to be worse. So what do you think? Uh, 210-599-5555. Do we still have Esteban? Esteban on line one. How are you, sir? All right. The mentor of one of your advertisers put it to me this way. You can be a giver or a taker. And as a follower of Christ, givers tend to be a whole lot more happy people. That survey <laughs> said about people wanting to do revenge. The time when I've been least happy is when I wanted revenge. Oh yeah. And I wanted revenge on people who did some rather horribly disgusting stuff. You've heard my poem about the Valley of Life and Death. Right, right, yeah. And so it's, you know, to me, the God I worship is a God that tells me I'm stupid at times, tells me I'm narcissistic at times. But the growth is an adventure. Yeah. You know, I, That's and, a great way of putting it. And the idea of if you're all about yourself, you're not a happy person. If you're about uh, the greatest joy in life is seeing uh, is giving joy to other people. Well, you're you're right, you know, and I and, and I it, the, the, again the culture is kind of going in the opposite direction, and you know I, I always try to tell folks, and, and I say this on the air a lot, that really my faith is rooted in how is the guy in the mirror messed up? What's what, what do I got to do about that guy in the mirror looking back at me? He's my primary concern, and I've noticed in my life that when I've held grudges or, or been spiteful. I remember that Jesus forgave the people who were torturing and killing him. <laughs> One of his final acts was to forgive the people who were killing him. Yeah. And I can't forgive, forgive a guy for cutting me off in traffic. You know, and uh, uh, you're right. I, I noticed, I, I remember that when, uh, after my, my divorce, and I, you know, before I met my my current wife, I... You know, I was alone a lot, and I just kind of did whatever the hell I wanted wanted to do for a couple of years. Whatever I wanted to do, I went and did it. And what I found is that after a while, that became very empty feeling. Uh, and once I kind of got off my chest all the stuff that I'd always thought I really wanted to do, to do the, the constant waking up every day thinking only about myself became very depressing and very empty. Uh, uh, and and I think that's where the culture is, though. That's what the culture promotes right now. And you deserve it, you know, whether you do or you don't. <laughs> and, and also, the best rewards come from struggle. Yeah. You know, I have that bike called Wildfire. I've done 
And, you know, the most awesome trips I made on that thing were not pain-free. Right. There's experiences that, you know, they they came hard. But I yeah. want to trade them for all the money in the world. So the good stuff comes with effort. The good stuff comes right. with sweat. The good stuff comes with a little bit of suffering. But it's good. I agree, man. I appreciate the call as usual, uh, Esteban. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, you know, that, that's something that I, that, that, that gets frustrating for me also for, for younger folks is that a lot of times they don't, you know, whatever it is they want, they, they want it, but they don't want to have to spend every day of their life trying to get to it or achieve it. And, uh, we were talking about this earlier, uh, on Ware and Rima from seven to nine Monday through Friday. You know, the, the best teachers are our mistakes, you know. And I, I was uh, talking to my stepdaughter, actually, about, you know, she wants to publish a book, and I'm kind of going to work with her on that. And I said, I, I learned a lot about how to do this, but the way I learned it is by screwing it up and making mistakes. Uh, which is, yeah, these are our, our teachers. I don't know that young people understand that as much as maybe we did. Got to take a break. It's Sean on Newstalk 550 KTSA. I'm a Sean Rima, 9 till 11, News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. And it's Sean's show, and I'm Sean. It's my dumb little show, and I'm going to hold off on the phone lines for a minute because we have my very good friend, Mr. Kinky Friedman, joining us from the Hill Country on the phone. How are you, sir? How you been, man? Well, you and I haven't seen each other in so long because of this pandemic crap. Uh, I think the last well, time I actually saw you was when we were in Bandera, uh, uh, like a year ago. Uh, yeah, it's been a long. To, yeah, looking forward to seeing well, you. Yeah, this you Sunday. know, Gary Pinon is playing out at uh, Hunt. I think uh, next Friday. Oh the wow! Coming one. Oh wow! Just worth cool. seeing. Uh, May twenty eighth. Yeah. We'll roll up and uh, and and. Are you gonna go? Yeah, I'm definitely going. So, well, maybe we'll roll up and go, or I'll roll up. We'll figure that out. You are right. busy as hell right now. You you uh, you've got the camp it's going for the star families. Okay. What's that? Well, we've. Go ahead. Oh no no! I was just I was saying you got the camp going on. You got uh, you're writing new songs. I know. Uh, well, what, what yeah, do you, yeah. What do you want to well, talk I'm about? Like... What's on your mind right now? Well, the. Uh... Getting the camp ready, uh, the Echo Hill is a camp that my parents founded in, in uh, well, it was about 60 years ago. Right. More than, more than that, maybe, I don't know. A long time ago. It was, it was a private camp. And then uh, it closed down about uh, 10 years ago. Right. And now we're uh, bringing Echo Hill back for uh, for kids that are... Here we go. I'm looking at the schedule here. Uh, Gold Star, it's Gold Star Camp. Right. And what what happens to uh, the kids a lot is there are not many Gold Star families, and they do really well with wounded warrior programs and things like that. But the, for the kids, kind of get lost in the shuffle. At least that's my theory. And um, this is about playing a poor hand well. And uh, it's for kids who've lost a, a, a parent, you know, in, right, in right. military. Now, that would be the Gold Star Camp beginning June 21st and the second session of July 1st. And then there's a first responder camp. Mm. That's July 13th. That's for the so, kids uh, and first responders, yeah. The, yeah, that's for kids who's, uh, uh, whose parents are uh, cops, firefighters, whatever like that. Right, right. And, um, yeah, now you can find out more information on it at echohill.com. I uh, I was walking over there the other day, and there's this guy, a military guy, he's about eight feet tall, a young guy, and uh, he was fixing the water heaters. He'd volunteered to, to do this. He was fixing the water right. heaters behind some of the bunks or replacing them. And I went over to thank him and said, thanks, uh, Seth, for doing this. You know, you're doing a great job. And he says, I'm doing it for Jesus. Mm. Wow. And I said, well, I'm doing it for Moses. <laughs> Two good perfect. Jewish boys who got in a little trouble with the government. That's what happened. <laughs> right. That's excellent. Yeah, yeah that's true. Dates on this, Sean. 
Um, we hope you'll be able to get up here and and it's. Um, I guess this is kind of a little different feel. I mean, I wish I'd been in the military. Right. I mean, I'd be a horrible soldier, I guess, but uh, <laughs> maybe not. But I have no structure in my life. Never right. really have. And there's something pretty cool about um, seeing the importance and significance of trivia, of little things, like making your bed, making your right. own bed. Make you your own bed. That, there was a, I forget who he was, the, the general or who, who was talking to a bunch of young folks, and he said that. He said just getting up and making your bed uh, right. is, is an important thing. It's an important way to start your day. Uh, and, uh, uh, I, I, I believe in that. And, you know, I, I, my brother was in the Navy and, and my dad was in the Navy and, and I, I thought about it for about, you know, a few months when I was 17, but I, I just, I knew that I'm just not, I'm not, I'm not cut out for that. The, the people who are in the military have my ultimate respect because they devote their lives and their futures to ideas like freedom and liberty and and uh free speech and freedom of religion and all these other uh pesky right uh rights that we have here that some folks i guess aren't all that happy about and to do that i, I just knew that i wasn't the guy i don't have that kind of courage i don't have that kind of you know sacrifice in me and that's why i think i respect them so much and i think that what you're doing is just fantastic you and, and i know you, I, and I, my role your sister's is to involved be and like spirit a gandhi like figure I'm the Gandhi-like figure, and uh, I don't have to do much work. My my sister is directing the camp, so she'll be running it. She does, Marcy and, does, uh, is, is running it, right, right. This is going to be very cool. We're also debuting water polo. No water other polo. Place. What did you say? You, you said water polo? Water polo, yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> <That's good. laughs> Where are you doing that? When or where? Or or where, where is that? Where's where's that going to be? Is there river? Bigfoot Wallace Creek that runs oh, right okay. through the place. Oh, excellent! It'll be all set up with a really cool equipment, and uh, and we've got a couple of uh, water polo experts. Oh, excellent, man! <laughs> that's, good. that's very cool. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was mean, talking with Kiki Friedman cool. about uh, again uh, Echo Hill uh, uh, Camp uh, that's uh, going to have a couple sessions this summer for Gold Star families and and family, uh, kids of. Uh, uh, of first responders, and you, uh, you've also been writing some new songs. You sang a song for me on the on the phone the other night that was beautiful. Uh, how's all that stuff going? How's the uh, creative uh, uh, efforts going? I've discovered that every song I've written is about a dead person or an animal <laughs> or an animal. Right, right, right. Um, um, I don't know. Uh, that's that's nice. Maybe I'm like like Joni Mitchell used to do. You know, she very cathartic songs that. Uh, um, some guy that broke her heart, you know, and she wrote right. a song about him, whatever. That's, I think I'm doing that unconsciously or something. Well, I thought I'd, I'd try to do a, oh, I won't try, I will, uh, play a song that uh, has never been heard on the radio, and and I think I'm starting to get airplay. Uh, Are you really? Of, yeah. From the last a bunch. A couple of records? Yeah, so this country is not quite going in as bad a direction as I thought. If they're playing Kinky Friedman on the radio, how bad can you be? <laughs> there you go. Well, I mean, if you want to, I mean, uh, I don't know if I could, if I have time to do the whole song, but if you want to do, uh, I can't. Uh, were yeah, you talking I mean, about doing it right on the on the phone? Yeah, right yeah, now. If you want to do a couple verses, go ahead, man. No, I can't do it a couple. We've got to. <laughs> I mean, I have to. It's gonna. It may take. What if? It, what if it's two and a half minutes? And you're shutting me off, right? You have a limited. <laughs> well, I uh, no. Go ahead. If you if you want, that's fine. Long song, but it needs to hear the ending of the song and the beginning and the. But is oh, it? You said it's like about two minutes or two and a half minutes. I can try to. This is probably a terrible idea. How <laughs> the hell? Just, just do the first couple of verses. I, I I can't. I don't know if I can do the whole song, but. Okay, uh, that's all right. Go ahead. No, no, I can't. This song I can't oh, do. Oh, okay. Is there, was there a place where... It, it, it's a tribute song, and and so we'll pick another time. Well, no, you know what? Go ahead. No, You know what? Go ahead. No, it's Friday. Let's go ahead. 
Go ahead and play. Pretty much, I'd love to be a pretty big shot with a radio, man. You should be able to squeeze another. (laughs) Go ahead, go ahead, Giggy. Go ahead and sing the song. Let's hear it. This has never been heard before. This is a brand new song. Can you hear this? Yeah, I got you. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. How's that sound? Sounds good, Chris. That sound good. All right. Is this called the poet of the poet of Motel Six? Following the rusty railroad track, carrying his clothes in a paper sack, just another broken heart to fix. Said the poet of Motel Six. Following the rusty railroad track, give you the shirt right off his back. Just another memory to man, says the poet to his long-lost friend. Some folks may not know it, but there goes the poet who played the guitar with only three fingers. And his words and his music and his memory lingers. He'd stay up all night. He would drink and he would fight Ah, but every song he'd write Was the story of our lives Some folks may not know it But there goes the poet Who played and sang and loved With all his mighty heart Till it just, till it just broke apart And may you lay in a field of stars Serenaded by a million guitars Playing songs of your honky-tonk youth Playing songs of your beautiful truth Following the rusty railroad track Carrying his clothes in a paper sack just another broken heart to fix, said the poet of Motel 6. Following the rusty railroad track, give you the shirt right off his back. Just another memory to man, says the poet to his long lost friend. And then one uncloudy day, God's voice was heard across the heavens. And this is what he said. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Billy Joe Shaver. <laughs> that was gorgeous. That's uh that's a beautiful song, man. That was uh old Billy Joe. That 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 is a gorgeous work of poetry itself. Wow, Kinky. Well thank got you very all, much, got brother. Me, <laughs> got me all teared up on the air. That was uh that was wonderful. You and that, and you guys just had an experience too that I've been honored to have on a number of occasions, where Kinky plays me a new song on on the phone, and uh, it's one of the great joys of my life. And that uh, that's a beautiful song for Billy, man. It's a pretty sad. Kinky, life. you rock, man. Well, thank you very much, Sean, and uh, <laughs> I look forward to you rock. seeing you down the highway. If you're driving, I'll- remember. Don't forget your car. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see. You, I'll see you on Sunday. Okay. Good deal. That'd be great. <laughs> All right, Kinky. I'll call you Sunday morning. Thank you, brother. Okay. Bye bye. Oh wow. Let's take a break. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. It's Sean on Newstalk five fifty KTSA. This is Jamie Markley. Stay connected with News Talk five fifty KTSA and FM one zero seven one on Facebook, Twitter, and online at KTSA.com. If you're driving, remember, don't forget your car. <laughs> <laughs> Talk 550 KTSA. You know, when Kiki Friedman wants to sing a song on the radio, you let him sing a song on the radio. That's gonna <laughs> Just so you know, we, we don't. Pl- I, I know this is going to come as a shock to you, but uh, we don't plan those segments. It's Kiki, you want to come on the air? <laughs> Kiki, you want to come on the air? Yeah, sure, I'll come on the air. <laughs> Just let him do what he's going to do, man. And, uh, yeah, Echo Hill, uh, uh, I'll get you the website here. Uh, they also have a Facebook page, uh, for the camp. 
for uh, Gold Star. Uh, the families, the kids of Gold Star families, they're doing two sessions. Uh, and, yeah, there is a Facebook page, Echo Hill, Echo Hill Ranch Official. Uh, you can look it up there, and all the other information is there uh, as well. And uh, and then he's doing another session for the kids of first responders. Uh, so they've been working on this for about a year now through the pandemic. And uh, uh, it's just a, it's a really cool thing. And, yeah, that song uh, for uh, Billy Joe Shaver I had heard once before uh, when he first wrote it. Um, you know, because he and Billy were pretty close, and uh, and, and uh, I I held the distinction. I'm just going to tell you this story because it's it's a it's a one of the, those moments I'll never forget as long as I live. And just so you know, Billy Joe Shaver, when he went home, when he when he passed away, it was on my birthday. It was on my 53rd birthday. And Kinky has always said, and he has introduced me at different poetry readings as his second favorite living poet. The first being Billy Joe Shaver. And I'll never forget, uh, I'm going to get emotional that, uh, on the day that Billy Joe passed, uh, I got off the air and I called him up and, uh, Kinky's first words to me were, well, now you get the distinction of being my favorite poet, my favorite living poet, because Billy Joe is, has passed and, uh, just a gorgeous song, uh, poet of Motel 6. God bless you, Kinky. Echo Hill, Echo Hill Ranch, Echo Hill Ranch, uh, 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555. Uh, it is Friday. We're playing it uh, pretty fast and loose, man. So whatever is on your brain, uh, uh, give us a call and let us know what you're thinking. Uh, oh yeah, uh, Chris and I, Chris and I had talked about this. Adam William McRaven, uh, at uh, the commencement speech in 2014 for UT. Uh, that's Chris. That's where the 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 line about you know always make your bet came from, right? He was that's in uh, his speech. That uh, uh, care enough to make your bed every single day, and it kind of sets you up for the rest of the day. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Yeah, I was going to talk to Kinky about this, but you know, I, he took it in a much better direction with the song. But the, the violence in American cities where Jews are being attacked—you know, I, nobody's really talking about that either. Um, in LA, uh, it, it's madness in New York. They're attacking people at Jewish restaurants. They're attacking Jewish stores. And, you know, it, one of the things that we heard for four years, right, is that Donald Trump is a, is a white supremacist. He's an anti-Semite. His followers are violent. They're a threat. They're domestic terrorists. Who do you think these people are out there in the streets that are attacking Jews? while the Israeli-Gaza uh, uh, conflict was going on these past two weeks. They're, they're leftist, pro-Hamas, pro-Palestinian types. They're liberal pukes. They're Antifa. They're BLM. You know, attacking Jews because they're Jewish. Uh, you know, that, that stuff, I think, apart from the the obvious horror and and uh, depressing news continuing to watch every day until the ceasefire these rockets going back and forth For, uh, Hamas fired off 4000 rockets over 4000 rockets into Israel but watching american jews be attacked in the streets while this was going on and, and if you watch the uh, if you ha- unfortunately if you see the video of any of these attacks it's it's perfect BLM Antifa tactics or their tactics, which is hit somebody and then run away. I was watching the video of this guy in New York who was uh, who was attacked uh, by a whole bunch of bunch of uh, a holes, and that's what they were doing. They had rods, they had sticks, and they'd come up and they'd hit the guy, then they'd run away. It's sickening. It's nauseating to watch that happen in America. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. It's Sean on Newstalk five fifty KTSA. And we're back. Newstalk five fifty KTSA FM one zero seven one. On the Sean Show, and I'm Sean. That website for Kinky's uh, uh, camp for Gold Star Kids and first responders is EchoHill.org. I mentioned the Facebook uh, page uh, a few minutes ago, and I actually just posted this website. Uh, the link for the actual website. Uh, on my Facebook page, if you're interested, echohill.org. 
Very exciting stuff. Uh, 210-599-5555. It's uh, free-forming it for the rest of the show. Uh, let's go to Al on line one. Al, you're on News Talk 550 KTSA. What are you thinking? Hey, I'm headed to Del Rio right now. I'll be attending the Border Crisis Rally in Brackettville, Texas. Oh, It'll wow. Be held at the, at the Kinney County Civic Center. It starts at 4 p.m. We'll have judges, prosecutors, members of law enforcement, sheriffs, DPS spokesmen about the crisis that's going on on our border. And just one more time, it's in Del Rio. And, uh, and give me that information real quick. Uh, at 4 o'clock starts up tomorrow. It's a, it's a rally Rio, to discuss. Gonna, what's that? I'm headed to Del Rio where I'm going to stay, but the event is in Brackettville, Texas. Oh, okay. Brackettville, Texas. Brackettville, Texas. County, yeah, yeah. At the Kinney County Civic Center. It begins at 4 p.m. tomorrow. Very cool. Yeah. Really we need to. Have you noticed the news has dried up on this? That you're not seeing any coverage of this on television right now? None of it. And they don't want to talk about it because it proves Trump right. That's why. Yeah, absolutely. And I was, I was down at Del Rio last November and I talked to some Border Patrol agents. They said the best thing that happened to the border was Trump. Hmm. It's all been swept away. It, it was swept. It, it was it was peaceful. I lived there for twelve years. It was better then than when I was living there in the nineties. Mm. It's much better. I mean, I mean, I just I just flabbergasted at how we went from the greatest thing we could have to the worst. Just, it, I mean, I just can't believe it. I yeah, just can't believe it. It, it, it is. I appreciate the call, man, and uh, I'll look it up so we can uh, hit mention that a couple more times before the show's over. Uh, a rally in Brackettville uh, to discuss the border crisis. Have, have you noticed that, that the news on this has just gone away? The only thing you've heard about the border this week is when Biden, your president and mine, was asked about it, about the crisis at the border by a reporter, and what did he do? He joked about running the guy over. Neither Kamala Harris or Biden have been to the border. Uh, as far as I know, we heard this from Henry Cuellar uh, just a, a couple of weeks ago. He's never even talked to the president about this. Governor Abbott has not heard from the president about this. And there is very obviously now some kind of news. I think what happened, remember a couple of weeks ago, they were finding all these kids out in the middle of nowhere. In fact, the last major story that anybody heard, as far as I can tell, and I got my noggin in the stinking news every stinking day, uh, was those little girls found on the ranch. Remember that? Along the border, and there's five little girls, and they're aged, I think, six and under. One of them was a one-year-old who, you know, was uh, so dehydrated, she was. Uh, they had to uh, revive her. And then, psh, nothing. Silence. I guess the uh, news was getting a little too negative for the Biden administration. You start finding kids just abandoned out in the middle of nowhere. But it's still going on. We have an opened wound across the border, and folks are just streaming in. And the, the lucky kids are the ones that we find. How many kids are, we, are out there that we're not finding? They're just being abandoned. Your president isn't doing a freaking thing about it. Your vice president, who uh, was uh, charged with the task of doing something about it, hasn't done anything about it. In fact, she hasn't even had a single news conference concerning the border. It's sick, man. It really is freaking sick. Okay, the Friends reunion show is getting more coverage right now than the crisis at the border. That's a true damn thing. Nothing is being done. There's a guy, Al, who lived in Del Rio. He said for 12 years, he said, uh, during the Trump era with these uh, uh, these uh, uh, these policies along the border where if you're going to seek asylum, you have to stay in, uh, on the other side of the border uh, and, uh, uh, you know, uh, many of the enticements for folks to come here illegally uh trump swept away and that guy said it was better in del rio under trump than it was at any other time in his life when he'd lived there all gone 
personally, I think, for political reasons. Obviously for political reasons. But I get a little tired of hearing from the left how caring they are, how tolerant they are, how concerned they are with poor people and their kids. And yet they have absolutely not one molecule of concern for the people whose lives are being lost and who are being abused and molested along the border. They don't care. They, the only thing they have done, as far as I can tell, and we had uh, Henry tell us about this, is they took they moved a bunch of kids from one facility to the next so that they could take some pictures of an empty facility to make it seem like they had done something. That's Joe Biden. That's or whoever this gang is that's actually running the country. Kamala Harris doesn't care, obviously. Neither one of them want to go near the border because they don't want any imagery, in my opinion, of them uh, at the border. Uh, then they got to own it, I guess. I don't know. But they are. This country is. We have lost territory. There are places in this country where the cartel infestation is so bad, you can't go there. Nothing is being done. So 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555. I know we get, usually get you know our yucks on <laughs> on Friday. But, you know, I just listening to the dude talk about this rally, it was, Chris, he said, Brackettsville tomorrow at 4. I'm sure you can look it up on, online and find it is I'm thinking, wow, I haven't seen any stories from the border in about a week. Possibly even longer. The last major story that we heard from the border was about those five little girls found on that ranch, and then the coverage stopped. It went silent. It's it's weird, man. It's weird how deeply ensconced and intertwined the media in this country are with uh, with the Democrats and with this administration. They're, they're shameless. They're absolutely freaking shameless, man. 210-599-5555, you want to call us up and let us know what you're thinking. God, Don and Chris, so I talk about Gwyneth Paltrow's candle. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the candle, the exploding candle story. I might have to go talk about that a little bit when we come back. Probably not a wise idea to buy any candles from Gwyneth Paltrow's Goop company. And I'll explain why uh, when we come back, or maybe I won't. I don't know. Two one zero five nine nine. Whatever's on your brain, <coughs> give us a ring. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Two one zero the five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Let's take one more quick call. Here's Carol on line one. Carol, how you doing? Well, I'm doing great today. Um, I just wanted to make a statement. You know, I don't believe that the young people today have any idea what racism was just 50 years ago. But today, we have come, but well, we've had come a long way. We could eat at any restaurants together. We could go to any schools. We could work at any jobs today. We are one nation blended under God until the Democrats came up with their weapon of mass destruction, which is systemic racism. You know, it's really odd, and I said this yesterday, we're just a handful of decades away from the assassination of Martin Luther King, and here we are, skin color is everything. We yeah. Skin color determines everything in the country right now. And, we were uh, so good until Obama came along, and then that started it, I guess, or maybe even Clinton. Well, Obama, I think, and i got to take a break, uh, I think Obama had an extraordinary opportunity. As the first black president, he had an extraordinary opportunity to really carry that dream forward that Martin Luther King had and really kind of take us into a post-racial America, and he did the exact opposite. Okay, his his blackness was always an issue. He does a funny-sounding name. He doesn't look like all those other presidents. And people disagree with him because they hate him because he's black. White America is uncomfortable with him. You know, he wouldn't shut up about that stuff for eight years, man. Wasted opportunity, man. 210-599-5555. It's Sean on News Talk 550 KTSA. 
San Antonio's news, traffic, and weather station. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. <laughs> news Talk 550 KTSA. Well, that's showing fast. Did y'all have a good time? Y'all having a good time on this show today? Did y'all have a good time? Uh, Colby Watson is from Texas. Colby, Chris, you think that's a man's name? Colby? I'm trying to think here if I got any, uh, any uh, gender-specific references in this story. I'm looking at it from Fox News. Uh, yeah, I think it's a dude, man. So this dude, Colby, <laughs> that's terrible. Colby, uh, this guy from Texas, uh, goes on Gwyneth Paltrow's uh, company website, which is called Goop. And uh, they sell all kinds of crazy crap that's really overpriced. Because Gwyneth Paltrow is crazy and overpriced. And this person buys a candle. We we talked about this story once before when it it first came out. Let's see, uh, Don Morgan, how do I, how do I phrase this? Uh, the candle is scented apparently to, to, uh, to smell well like Gwyneth Paltrow, okay? But like of a certain parts of Gwyneth Paltrow. Right. It's called, this candle smells like my blank candle. <laughs> it costs $75. <laughs> And Colby Watson bought one in Texas uh, for, right. for, in January, and then he lights it. Uh, <laughs> dude, what the hell are you doing on Gwyneth Paltrow? Anyway, so then he 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 lights it in Feb- just this past February, and it exploded. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even really have to say it, do you? It just no, exploded. It just exploded. exploded. Right. Causing all kinds of damage to his house. Filled the room with smoke. And uh, so this is all according to TMC. And the overpowering scent of Gwyneth, Gwyneth Paltrow. Paltrow. You know, and so, uh, so he's suing. He's suing I wonder what, what Gwyneth Paltrow's ex-husband said when he heard about this. He's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> That's so horrible. That's right, overpriced, and it might explode. See, does the guy brag about that? Well, I mean, I'm really good at lighting that candle. What kind of guy buys that damn candle to begin with, man? I mean, what, what, what the hell's wrong with you? I'm just saying, man. But anyway, the guy's suing Goop uh, for the exploding candle. <laughs> Did they just offer him a replacement? <laughs> uh, so no, he's, he wants millions of dollars. Uh, of course he does, for, right? You know, that's according to TMZ because the candle that smells like Gwyneth Paltrow apparently exploded right. uh, after he, he lit it up and uh, you know. light it with a smaller match. <laughs> <laughs> We no. <laughs> take the candle out for dinner first, you know, and, uh, for a good time. I well, I mean, the story is so wrong on so many different levels. First, the fact that she would produce something like that. And the name of it. <laughs> and that somebody would buy it, you know what I mean, for 75 freaking dollars, man. 75 bucks, come on. For an exploding Gwyneth Paltrow candle that apparently smells like, well, you know. Right. You can't buy this candle at Bath and Body Works. You get go through the effort. To order it <laughs> no, you can't. You gotta order it online. Well, then yeah, it would smell like it. something else. It would smell <laughs> yeah. pleasant. It's a candle your friends would actually enjoy. <laughs> God. Uh, can I just next time? Next time, thing. dude. Hey, Colby. Next time, just go with the lavender. Okay, just get it like a you know. <laughs> Stay away from the candles that smell like any part of Gwyneth Paltrow. Chris, uh, Mar- Chris Martin, you're, you're a lucky man that you, you right, yeah. rescued yourself. And I don't like your music, but, you know. 
Glad you got the hell out of that one, aren't you? Aren't you glad you did the uncoupling with that freak? You know, I mean, just... <laughs> the uncoupling. <laughs> isn't that the, isn't that the conscious uh, uncoupling, right? Conscious uncoupling. You know, that or, probably. Or how how much you want to bet? He calls it the exploding candle. <laughs> <laughs> Our bloody relationship exploded like one of her bloody candles. See, when you think about, t- <laughs> when you think about the failed relationship, you could think of a Elton John song. The candle burned out long ago. Oh God! Candle God exploded long ago. God help us! How much you want to bet that the uncoupling began after she, you know, pitched the idea to him about the candle? He's like, "Yeah, right. Um, look, I got to go to practice. I got a rehearsal. I should be back never." <laughs> <laughs> I'm going out to sell a candle. Wait for me right here. Smells like my butt. (laughs) Light a candle for me. (laughs) And it was all smello. All right. That's it. Have a great weekend. Spread the love. Don't be a jerk. Bye. Thank you, Chris, Elaine, Kinky, and Trey, and Don, and Gwyneth. Bye.